What's going on, football fans? This is Bryant. This is the XFL Show, and this is a recap of the Tampa Bay Vipers and the New York Guardians uh, week one matchup. The New York Guardians 23-3. Alan, you're again with me here on the road. What was it like at MetLife Stadium, man? On the road, Brian, again, leaving another XFL game to recap it with you. And this one was, uh, well, surprising to me, uh, the, 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 yes. the result. But what wasn't surprising was the atmosphere at MetLife Stadium. New York fans, easily the rowdiest of the bunch so far. As you and I talk, Dallas is hosting St. Louis. So the Renegades fans have a shot here to lay claim to rowdiest fans in the XFL. But so far... Guardians faithful. I mean, they were going nuts. The chant, Guardians, Guardians, <laughs> was my favorite of the weekend. And you know, they they, they were packing, they were packing them in in that lower bowl. You know, in the biggest stadium in all the XFL. And I think more people are going to come out obviously next week after seeing this thing on TV and how good that team was. But the energy was absolutely there at MetLife Stadium for sure. Yeah, that's the question we're going to have to pose is which uh, team benefits the most from this week one success that we're seeing right now. I will say this, though, Alan, it did not appear that way on television. I know the attendance number was up there just with the D.C. defenders and the Houston Roughnecks, but it wasn't as loud as D.C., at least not on television. Yeah, yeah, probably because the acoustics in that giant MetLife stadium, <laughs> right? But. But you know the uh, the the crowd was crazy. I mean a lot. I mean I, I I got a lot more into the weeds with the fans before the this game because uh, I don't have Vince and Jake around me to mess around and we were all over the field in D.C. So I was just getting into whatever I could and talking to the fans of the Guardians beforehand. They've been looking forward to this all, as long as we have for two years. A lot of them were following it and they were there to have a great time. What you do on a football Sunday? You're they were tailgating. Some of them were drinking, maybe a little bit too much, but you know what? They were having a great time. And I definitely saw the most beers chugged at this game of the weekend, for sure. I Well, most, most beers chugged and most cheese chugged. Now, if you're watching it on Fox, you would see uh, there's a guy who ate American cheese and did not take it out of the wrapper. So wow. uh, take that as you will. Alan, let's get into Nasty. the game. <laughs> really. Uh, let's get into the game actually itself. Shocking. Surprising. Uh, maybe... A little bit anticipated, at least on the uh, Tampa Bay Vipers, as they were able to move the football. And we're going to get into some of the stats that were gonna, that about how they couldn't execute when they got down there, uh, not even in the red zone, but also at the 30-yard line inside the New York Garden State line. But the movement of the football from the Vipers is kind of what we expected. Yeah, you know, the, the score is what's surprising here, but the fact that the Vipers did move the ball uh, and looked like they were pretty efficient, but then they'd get to the red zone and not score. So we thought this team would be scoring points. We knew they'd be efficient. So one part of that equation wasn't there for Tampa, so they came up short. I picked New York to win this game, and I thought it would be a lot closer. Uh, but New York went out there. They executed. They scored when they had the opportunities. They didn't turn the ball over like Tampa. But like you said, Tampa Bay did put up yards. There is by no means, I think, panic in that locker room. Mark Trestman is a very cool, calm, and collected coach. But they have some thinking to do because a lot of the chatter was about Quentin Flowers maybe getting more of the of the playing time uh, over Aaron Murray because he did look pretty good in terms of giving that offense new energy in the second half. 
Well, I think it was also how do you combine the two quarterbacks? Because Aaron Murray had some some good passes, some unfortunate turnovers by uh, Nick Truesdale there. Uh, Drops, two, too. Yeah, yeah, two dr- one drop that almost was a fumble, and then one that was a fumble to get them out of. I think they were backed up to their own five-yard line or something, and, and that pass was going to get them out of that, and then he ended up fumbling and, and causing New York to get a touchdown. But we will talk about it. Uh, Tampa Bay, six trips inside uh, the New York Guardians, 30, four of them in the red zone, only three points. I mean, you got to execute better than that. Uh, turnovers galore. Uh, one of those, uh, an interception by Murray in the first quarter, uh, really just kind of lobbed it up there after a beautiful pass. That, like he, he was like threading a needle with the pass before that. Yeah, that, and that pass was so bad, though, in the end zone. <laughs> I mean, that was just, that was reckless, that throw. And that's why, you know, getting them into that position, you think, yeah, Aaron Murray's the guy, he's got the arm. But then he got to the red zone. He didn't know what to do. But then also you you had that wrinkle of Quentin Flowers. I like Flowers as the wrinkle. As the QB, though, can he do the other things Murray was doing? And can he be a red zone scorer? Well, he showed he couldn't score in the red zone when they gave him the chance to be the quarterback down there. And, you know, I don't think he is efficient. So if we're talking about who starts next week for this team, I'm still on the side of Aaron Murray for now. But this team has to figure out something in the red zone. And with all, with a tight end like Nick Truesdale, you have to think they're going to be able to find a way to get him the ball, at least throw it up to him and let him go get it. They have other tall wide receivers too. Chontavious Jones one of them. They should be able to be a, a red zone scoring team. But this Six times inside the 30, unacceptable. And also, you can't discount the fact that they were playing maybe the best secondary in the XFL in the New York Guardians, who we hyped up, you and I, Brian, a ton over the last few weeks. And I'm kind of happy that they delivered because we were we were propping them up huge, I think. And they went out there and absolutely looked phenomenal. They did, and, and, and you know, I think the Vipers sensed that. They, they rushed for over 140 yards in this game. Uh, and... And I think they were finding ways to 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 eliminate that secondary by the New York Gardens because they were good. They were really good. Uh, fumble return for a touchdown, uh, like we had just mentioned. Uh, the Guardians looked great. I think, in all honesty, if I go to the offensive side of the Guardians, I'm going to say that Matt McGloin looked like the most accurate passer of the three games that we've seen so far this weekend. And I know I, I mentioned that to Vince uh, through the game, and he wasn't very sold on it. I think there's a little pit bias there. But he, yeah. he looked good, he, he looked accurate, and he looked in control. Uh, I, I really liked what I saw out of Matt McGloin. Yeah, Matt McGloin did look good. He didn't, I don't think he looked as good as P.J. Walker for assessing him you know, across the league compared to everybody across the league. But I'm saying Matt accuracy. Definitely I just want that to one be of the, his, He was the most he accurate. Was, well, he missed, he missed, now he missed some, some big throws, though, too. He, missed, he had guys down and one-on-one downfield, and he missed them. He didn't put it in the exact right spot, but you know what? He made the big plays, and he went out there and had the most swag at the beginning of that game. I mean, Matt McLuhan would not be denied it. He had that quarterback sneak. He had a great speech before the game, too, I thought. But, uh, yeah, he looks like one of the he's going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league. He was super trustworthy, I think. Kevin Gilbride could pretty much do whatever he wants to do on offense. I don't think this team has – any kind of weakness in 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 that on that side of the ball. I think they're going to be able to run the ball if they want to focus on running the ball. If they need to come back, they're going to be able to throw the ball. They are very very multiple on offense. Well, I don't want to give them too much credit. I mean, 226 total yards, uh, only 45 plays, but they were scoring the ball. They had that defensive score as well. Yeah, they didn't really need to move, <laughs> move the ball that much, Brian. They when they did, it was the beginning of the game. They had to go out and set the tone. They did. And then a lot of it was just, you know, playing off the turnovers. They didn't capitalize on them all. But, 
I thought that offense looked pretty efficient, and I, I'm I'm excited to see what ha- they have moving forward. I love that Kevin Gilbride also just ran straight when he went for one. So instead of trying to get tricky, he handed the ball to Tim Cook and let him go get it. That's what I was telling you. Tim Cook's a good fantasy choice out there. He's going to get those opportunities uh, when down there uh, for those uh, conversions. You have the man. And they didn't do it for the third touchdown. I don't know why. They didn't put uh, Tim Cook in there. They put stand by. They put uh, Victor in there. And, but, and they didn't convert. Is that what we're going to see all the time? Who knows? Uh, but still, just a straightforward offense. Nothing too fancy. Nothing too crazy. Uh, from New York, but they got the job done. And I think there's no panic in New York. Maybe there should be because for some reason, Tampa Bay just couldn't get it together on both sides of the football when it came to the to the red zone on the offensive side and just overall on the defensive side. Yeah, T- Tampa Bay work to do on offense and Tampa's facing Seattle on the road next week. So you got to imagine that's not going to be a fun situation. Seattle 0-1 making their home debut. They're going to be fired up. And, you know, they definitely look capable of of winning some games as well. So Tampa Bay, we said at the beginning of the year, the schedule not favorable the early part of the year. I think you and I, Brian, both have them as being one of the better teams in the XFL eventually, but they have some growing pains to go through, and they better figure it out quick. Going 0-2 would be bad in the XFL, not the end of the world, but 0-2 is not something that Mark Trestman's team wants to be looking forward to going into the game against Seattle. Then New York now set up for an awesome game against D.C., and I'm loving the Guardians, man. I think I think they exceeded my expectations offensively, delivered defensively, and I had them as a playoff team. And after week one, I mean, it's we can't get put the cart before the horse, but this secondary, man, I don't know how you score on them. Let's, let's see how this red zone defense continues to look, but, man, they looked unstoppable. Well, yeah, you look forward to next week a little bit. You have the, the Guardians going into D.C. It's the first game of the week, and I believe the Vipers – are playing Seattle as the late game on Sunday, uh, so a lot of travel, a lot of uh, for the Vipers there. There, but I, I, I'm I'm okay with the Vipers. They look better than Seattle did against DC. I think the Vipers just you need think to so? figure. Out, oh, I think so for sure. I think the Vipers just need to figure out how to score. They know how to move the ball. They were fine. They got to keep the turnovers down. Uh, you, you what about do- defensively? Defensively, I thought they had some miscommunication. But, you know, they, they kind of, I guess, I guess technically you could say they shorted up in the second half, although that was mostly just their own offense that were giving all those points to New York. I don't, what do you think about that? Well, New, I York, New York was, was basically shut out in the second half. I mean, they got a touchdown um, late. On the fumble recovery. Yes. Was it even on the fumble recovery? Yeah, it was on the fumble recovery. So the offense didn't even score in the second half. I, I think the defense came through. Now, it could have been the Guardians playing a little more conservatively uh, based on that they didn't have to actually do what they were doing before. But at the same time, I think Tampa Bay got themselves together. And they just need to figure out how not to turn over those that football and how to score when they're down in the end zone. I have full confidence in Tampa Bay uh, to come back with a victory next week, especially against Seattle, who did not look the way Tampa Bay – Seattle did not move the football the way Tampa Bay did today. Uh, and they also didn't stop D.C. the way uh, Tampa Bay stopped New York. So it'll be an intriguing game for sure. But I am looking forward to that D.C.-New York game in D.C. Uh, that's a short trip-ish from New York. I'm wondering if there's going to be some guardian, Guardians uh, in, in that house uh, next week. Yeah, I would highly recommend that if you can get in the building, Guardians fans. I made that trip this weekend, D.C. to New York at least, the opposite way. I, I'm excited to see that's That could be a, a definite rivalry game. Uh, to start next week between the defenders and the guardians. Um, I don't know. I think, I think you're, you might be right in terms of moving the ball. Seattle wasn't as good, but I thought 
Seattle had Seattle also showed me they had some players also that impressed me. Tampa Bay had a whole lot of drop skis uh, from their receivers, but a lot of big plays. Daniel Williams made big plays. Truesdale made big plays. How about that catch from Truesdale? Catch of the year so far in the XFL. <laughs> Although then later on he had the fumble, but. Oh man, big game for both both these teams coming out of this game in particular, New York and Tampa Bay. Can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see what that line's going to be where Tampa Bay goes to Seattle too. I'm sure Vince will talk about that on Tuesday morning's episode because, you know, like you said, you think Tampa Bay looked better. They're going to be on the road though. Seattle's fan base should be pretty excited for that one. Football is here. It's And now we've got teams with records. We've got eyeballs on them. People are starting to formulate opinions. Last one I want to hear from you, Bryant, though, real quick. Who starts for Tampa at quarterback next week? I think it's Murray. Uh, Quinn Flowers was great on the run game, but he's not going to be able to do the passing that, that Tampa Bay needs. I mean, Tampa Bay, like I said, everybody, the Tampa Bay is fine. Like, they, they just need to score the football. They moved it very well. I think Aaron Murray's going to get another shot. I think at the end of the game when Quentin Flowers came in, uh, he did spark some life in the fourth quarter, I think even in the third quarter, but it just wasn't what Tampa needed uh, for the whole game. I don't think they can do that the whole game. I think Aaron Murray gets it. You might see Quentin Flowers come in for a play or two here and there. I think Mark Trestman will get smart in how to use both quarterbacks. We still haven't seen a double forward pass really uh, in the league. So th- things, things will be happening. I, I expect Aaron Murray to actually start. Same here, and I, I expect, I think, at least early indications. I, I, I would expect the Vipers to bounce back because, like I said, you and I both have them going far, so I don't want to look like a, a total nincompoop, but anything, who knows? Like you say, anything could happen in the XFL. The team you picked to win it all might end up being the worst team, which, for your <laughs> sake, I hope doesn't happen. Well, you know, I've been wrong about a lot of things, and that's just be a, just added to the list, I guess, of, of all that stuff. Football fans, this is the XFL Show. Remember to catch us every single week. Uh, on your favorite podcast platform every Tuesday mornings, Thursday nights. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at XFL Show. Listen to us on XFL.com or on their official YouTube page, uh, youtube.com slash XFL. Alan, uh, be careful out there. I know you're making your way home. Enjoy the rest of the game. We're, we're, I'm sure we'll break all this down later today because we're going to break down the uh, Dallas and Seattle game a little bit later. Yeah, I might still be on the road, but I'll talk to you whenever this Renegades and Battlehawks game ends finally. And uh, we'll wrap up week number one. And then we got the big show coming out Tuesday morning. I cannot get the whole game back. Talk about that. Maybe play some of the coaches' clips. I mean, this league's all about the audio. As a podcast, oh, I love this league. It's all about the audio. Sideline conversations, press conferences. We got it all. We're going to cover it all this Tuesday morning. You got that right out. All right, for Alan, I'm Bryant. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.